Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the first Cultural Stew Superhero Roundtable. My name is Ron Harkins Jr., and I am joined today by Colin Pasek, uh, also known as GamerSense to the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, for, formerly known as the worst video game blog on the internet, <laughs> according to Reddit. Ouch. Wow. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Oh, man, we're going to have to circle around back to that one. <laughs> and? Jeffrey Macbeth, I'm a... Nerd for fun. I'm a science nerd for fun. I'm a science nerd for work. So it's my life. And you may recognize Jeff as he was on one of our many episodes, one of the first ones. Yeah. And? And I'm Kendra Hacker, and I've been on this show before. Well, not this one, but the other one. Yes. So after about like six plus months of actually trying to like weed, not weed, um, beg people. Maybe you're looking <laughs> to, for Weedle. <laughs> weedle. Uh, beg people to actually come on the show and just like talk about superhero stuff. Um, this is the first uh, iteration, and it comes out right after a huge movie, um, Avengers Endgame, just hit the market. Um, so, yeah, we're here just to chat and talk about Marvel and comics and all that jazz. What yeah. you got? <laughs> so what, what, were your, what were your first reactions uh, to Endgame? Did any of you cry? Of course. Absolutely. Near the beginning. <laughs> I, it's strange. A lot of people make fun of Hawkeye, but I, for some reason, Hawkeye is like one of my favorite characters. And I think it's because I love Green Arrow so much that there's so many similarities between the two yeah. um, that the whole like losing your family, like gone. I was like, oh, they're just going to rip your heart out right at the beginning of the movie and get it over with. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, but they're all coming back. I know they're all coming back because this is just kind of where this is all headed. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of know that. And you know that in this movie that they're, or at least in movies like this, you expect them to win too. But it's, you know, it's always that hero's journey thing. So you got to see them down and out first. And uh, I, I knew it was going to happen. I'm sure everyone did. But it was just such a, a, a pulling moment in that time especially since they built up Hawkeye so much after the first Avengers where he was nothing more than just a a ragdoll for the bad guy and they've been building him since then through you know Age of Ultron and uh, Civil War you know and made him such a likable character and it's Jeremy Renner Jeremy mm-hmm. Renner's one of the most underrated actors and then and then what do they do during Infinity War they dangle the where is Hawkeye what is he doing mm-hmm. oh he's off on a doing his own thing oh <laughs> Yeah, I just make ma- making the stakes personal. I think helps a lot for him and for um, Ant Man. I think I, I think those two in particular is just it made it matter. Where I think a lot of the other stakes, you know, it's CGI people dying or whatever it happens to be, it doesn't hurt the way that you know, particularly if you have a good family life, watching what happens to these kids in relationships. Yeah, because be, what, what do they say in, in Infinity War? They have a throwaway line that's, you know, they, they took a plea deal after Germany, but 
because it was too strong on their families or too much on their families to bear. Mm-hmm. And just something like that just tells about those two characters, Ant-Man and Hawkeye, mm-hmm. about how important their their families Family are first, to them. Yeah. So when you see Hawkeye go through what he goes through at the beginning of the movie, you're just kind of ripped to pieces knowing what he gave up and to then what he becomes. be with them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. What he becomes. And then he's the first one to jump in and of like, hey, we don't know if this is going to work. Like, you may never come back. But the upside is you may have a chance to bring back your family. He's the first one to jump at it. Oh, and the, the, the line that he says to to Black Widow after after he takes out those uh, the triads, the don't do that, don't give me hope, was mm-hmm. such a killer line to to just really cement how far he's fallen in the five years from that opening to where he is when Black Widow finds him later. And it just solidifies their friendship, too, when she said, I'm sorry that I didn't have hope to give sooner. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I'm, like, jumping ahead in the plot. As you can tell, I'm excited. Oh, Very we, excited. Can, we can jump any way we want to. <laughs> we finally talk about it. I know. <laughs> there, is, there is no hold bar here, so no, no spoiler embargo. Do a little full Nelson a little bit later. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else we got? Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> we're interested in your. This opinion. is a round table. Let's talk. Well, I know. When did I cry? Yeah. Oh, probably Black Widow when she, when they were fighting over who was gonna sacrifice themselves. That's when I cried, and then I cried throughout the rest of it. I didn't get as choked up in that part because I I really thought Hawkeye was going over the edge. Oh really? Yeah. And when she went, I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't have the same connection to her. It was still Is there sad. any announced plans for a Black Widow movie? I mean, that's been one of the things I've been I holding out hope been, for for forever. Well, they've been talking about it, I, joking about it. and I think there will be. It, it's probably the the last rumors that I heard about it, it was going to be more of an origin and probably oh. involve mm-hmm. Hawkeye as well. Like how like they... That callback that, that they did, meant, the uh, yeah. Budapest thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially since they made two callbacks to it, you know, mm-hmm. in the first Avengers and now in this one. Yeah, and they've already kind of done the whole like, how did she become a Black Widow? Mm-hmm. You know, they've already touched that little point of it. Well, in the whole when, um, when they mention her dad's name, she goes, "That's not. I didn't know that was his name. I didn't know Ivan was his name." I thought that that was a really cool touch. You just get just that sad little bit of character right before. Before what happens happens in mm-hmm. wait we're a spoiler table why am I trying to edit here <laughs> right before she flings herself off the the cliff which I expected the whole way through as soon as they they both were saying they were going there because she literally has nothing to live for and, except him mm-hmm. and it completes that circle of you know I've got red in my ledger he fought for me to save my soul and. Now, because his family's lost, he kind of sold his soul for vengeance and taking out the bad guys. So now he's got all this red in his ledger and she's doing this for him to save his soul. So it just kind of brings it all the way back around. Mm -hmm. And it's an expected moment, but it was still a very touching one because, again, the acting was just that. Well, and then the parallels of when Thanos wakes up after Gamora and then when he wakes up after her. Oh, yeah. 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 As a fun aside, a friend of mine pointed out a, a photo that they took of Infinity War when you see Gamora's body lying on that dish mm-hmm. or whatever the hell you want to call it um, where they land. 
There is slightly to the right what the looks blood. like a red blood yeah. stain. There's two of them. Two of them. I saw two when I was looking at it. I don't know why I looked at it for as long as I did, but I, I did think too. I saw two distinct red. Okay, I'll have to look oh. at that again. I just thought it was just like one that was just kind of like splattered all over the place. I it could have, have been. to see it again. Um, I have to see it, Endgame at least three or six or 12 more times. Yeah. Before, <laughs> for sure. I, I got to say, though, I really appreciated that scene for that it wasn't just a simple like run to the edge, jump off, and then we're done. It was that push and pull back in like that, you know, our for one of our first introductions to them was them uh, – uh, her fighting him in um, what was that? That was the first Avengers. Yeah, yeah. When he got uh, with Loki's and you know the, yeah. that whole scene where they're fighting back and forth, and it's like a callback to that. And that's was one of the coolest things I thought about Avengers Endgame is all the callbacks to almost every single movie in the film. Well, that's essentially what the movie was. I mean, I, I in, in my I don't, head, I don't mean like. Oh, yeah, we're wrapping up all these storylines. I mean, like, no. they actually paid homage to certain scenes out of mm-hmm. almost every Absolutely. single film. I, the, the, there were multiple points where I was reminded of the various things Star Trek has done to do callbacks to its own self, like the uh, Trouble with Tribbles episode on uh, Deep Space Nine, where they go back and revisit that old episode. Mm-hmm. Or even just some of the ways that the movie was edited, they held shots a lot longer than they traditionally do in the Marvel movies. And it really felt to me a lot of times like the very first Star Trek movie where I swear they zoomed that camera over the Enterprise for like three hours during that film. And there were parts of the Marvel movie that felt like that too, where they were just like, hey, look at this cool moment, except they had spent the last 21 movies earning the opportunity to linger on a moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talking, sorry. No, um, I mean, for, you look back at like the the Russo brothers with Civil War and you compare what they did with Endgame, they're very, I mean, with Civil War, they had jammed so much action and so much like moving that forward, that story forward so quickly. And you're right, like they slowed everything down in Endgame, and it was very noticeable. I mean, there was like moments I'm like, why haven't we switched the camera yet? Why have we moved on the scene? It's like okay, mm-hmm. but it worked. Yeah, uh, the right after right after Thor, you know, takes out um, Thanos for the very first time. They're playing lots of games with the camera and with the lens and stuff, and they just defocus the thing and just keep mm-hmm. defocusing it even more than you think they could. And you're like, okay, okay. okay who was expecting the Thor? No one had. Nobody. Holy crap! I heard about a Reddit thread where some guy <laughs> just simply put "Fat Thor." That's all it was, and it was like a year and a half ago that he posted it, and it became a running gag. That would flow through people throwing potential spoilers out there or what could potentially be in the movie. And people like, oh, yeah, and Fat Thor. And mm-hmm. wait, what? That, that's the one thing? you you got to be kidding me. That's <laughs> And we even we've, we saw like if you, if you saw any of the trailers, you saw Fat Thor twice. <laughs> it's just they creatively cropped him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he was he was walking in the line. And then when the arms go together. You know, you're thinking it's Hulk's arm, and it's actually Fat Thor's arm. Oh my, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, I look back at it after the Avengers. I'm like, oh, that was Fat Thor because you can see like, but um, yeah. I've read a lot of uh, there are a lot of Reddit posts that are saying that they don't like that how they handled Thor and his mental health, how they made it a gag in it. I guess been a, they've been like he's depressed and now it's like a running gag that how depressed he is 
and he's just drunk and fat and like they just took this awesome character and just made him this depressed mess. That that I read a couple of posts about that too, especially the the weight part. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who were th- those who are seeing this demigod of a of a human, he's ripped and jacked and whatnot, and then he's reduced to this overweight human being, and it's a punchline. And so many people were saying, you know, my weight isn't a joke, mm-hmm. so why should it be for this character? And, and I get that. Um, I'm also coming from a viewpoint that obviously can't be um, <laughs> understanding that from personal experience, but it's 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 interesting to think that um, you know that that kind of that kind of oversight could happen in such a potentially progressive kind of movie as they tried to, which mm-hmm. I want to come back to in terms of progressive later on <laughs> for a certain it, moment late in the movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's oversight because I feel like I've seen. There, I think there's a threat in the storyline in the actual comics with a fat Thor. That uh, that was, I don't he know. He was really depressed with New Asgard um, in the comics, I remember, where he had that floating city over Oklahoma or wherever that was. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember what happened to him as part of that. But I, I, I do know he was very depressed and basically just lounging around as sections of that story. Yeah, I, uh, and I'll quite frankly, deeper, but you know, people do undergo bodily changes when they undergo stress. Mm-hmm. Well, agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, saying that's I wrong. gained fifty pounds over the like yeah. the course of the past like six months because I just haven't, you know, not taken care of myself. I mean, it, I, it's definitely something that can happen. But silent in the room is our co-host from Cultural Stew Podcast, and she's giving me mimes over there. <laughs> I don't know. I Just about the only thing that I had seen prior to watching the movie was people saying how funny it was. And I didn't find that it was a lot of uproarious and appropriate. And those are those are two separate words there. But it didn't feel like it didn't feel like Thor Ragnarok or some of the Guardians of the Galaxy where, you know, they're really reaching for jokes there. There there were there were laugh lines here or there, but it didn't feel like it was. uh, I think this was closer to. What they were going, what Joss was going for in the first Avengers with that level of humor where it wasn't quite over the top, but there was a lot more emotion in this than there ever was in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the well, Russos. They, they've earned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Russos were able to pull out emotion. I mean, if you go through the, the whole Marvel series of line, there's not a lot of movies in it that you can point to and say, oh, there's some good emotion. The ones that have, it had really oddly been around Iron Man and Pepper Potts relationship has had a lot of the emotion. Thor kind of got a little bit of it. Mm. And then, you know, with Cap, you get the the nostalgic, you know, looking back at Peggy, but we never get a really good payoff until now. Yeah. And so they're able to pull these strings from like, well, where are the best emotional points? And, you know, they try to pay them off the best they can. And the fact that it was the Russos doing it kind of was interesting to me because... If I look at Civil War and I look at Infinity War, I don't see those emotional strings being pulled in the same way. Mm-hmm. So kind of wondering if there was a third director involved mm-hmm. that was shadow directing or at least somebody on the story. I, I don't know who wrote the story, if they brought somebody else in that didn't do Infinity War. I, I can't think of the the writers, but I know that the writing team, as I, unless I'm completely off base, but as I understood, it was a pair of writers that have done, I believe, 
four, five, possibly six other MCU movies, or at least worked on six of the other MCU movies, including a couple of the the Russo brother films, because they've done Winter Soldier, they've done Civil War, and both of the Infinity Saga movies, if you will, for the Avengers ones. So they've they've had some time to really build a rapport on that. Um, but in terms of the writing, um, I, I honestly, oh, I really wish I had my phone on right now, but out of respect, I turned it off. <laughs> it it definitely uh, just feels like it. Uh, Endgame is the is the maturing of the whole universe mm-hmm. for me. It's like it finally. I mean, I've enjoyed every movie. I mean, even even the crappy, shitty ones. Mm-hmm. You know, there were they're a like handing little, out the baton. But it was like, hey, it's matured enough that if you stuck around for 10 years, <laughs> you know. Well, it's one of the few yeah. times you've seen Iron Man behave like a grown-up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that to that point, that's such a fantastic arc that was that could only have been brought to life by the way that Robert Downey Jr. did it. Mm-hmm. He, he brought such a a fantastic opening to this movie with his reaction to everything that happened. Cause he knew what happened when he was on Titan, but he only saw a small scope of it. You know, he only saw what five people go, the guardians and Peter and Dr. Strange. Yeah. So and he also like, I mean, he mentioned, you know, he called back to Avengers, uh, age, age of Ultron, Ultron about like, you know, he saw this and you know, you look at cap shield from age of Ultron. well, that's the same thing that happened to yeah. his shield here. And so, like, you know, they they did able to pull a little bit of what he saw. And, you know, it wasn't a perfect uh, resemblance, but, you know, you had the, the same um, the hell, the same enemies that came along with Thanos. You know, the same things the that Tony saw. The Shatari yeah. came in. Like, all these things that Tony saw, he's like, I've seen this. You know, I've been here. I've, you know, I'm going down the same path that I saw in my dream kind of thing and you know we've just been played the whole time it's like it wasn't just wasn't just a a lucid dream that was caused by scarlet witch it was you know that scarlet witch tapping into something that you know i don't know know where i'm going with this but (laughs) no it, it was like unlocking something that was that was a reality for him he like like in uh in Winter Soldier, the the big thing that they were fighting against was Zola's algorithm, which could tell the future based on a mathematic probability. You know, that's, you know, mathematics that still exists in the real world today. Potentially, Tony Stark has that same kind of concept. His mind could go there. It just needed to be unlocked to see what kind of future could happen, you know, if it goes unchecked, if we don't untap the potential. So he tries that with Age of Ultron, and he creates Ultron by accident, and splits up the Avengers, which just creates just more of an opening for the team. Um, I still love the fact that they gave him a child. That, I think, was such an awesome moment, and and because of how it was written, how it was acted, and that we lingered on it a little bit. I don't think we lingered on it too long. It was just such a a real moment. Well, and then when Peter comes back, and he just grabs him and hugs him, like it was just because the way he looked at him is the way that he looked at his little girl too. He was just so happy for him to be back. It was I don't know, it just made it sweeter of a moment. Except for his comment, "Oh, we're hugging now." Yeah, I, well, and that's the first time they hugged too. We, yeah, you know, call back to uh, um, homecoming 
because he mm-hmm. goes to open the door. Peter thinks it's a hug, and it's not. It's it's just it's another one of those fantastic callbacks that they loop into the movie that just like you said, if you've been around with it for ten years, you know what they're doing for you out of love in this movie. And also to that point, this is you talked about the maturity of this this cinematic universe. I feel this was the first time that in the 22 films that we've had over the last 11 years, we have been able to see what could really be a splash page for a comic book movie. You know, it, that that last battle when you see all of Thanos' forces and then you see the entirety of the MCU mm-hmm. standing to oppose him, it's that that reality point in the back of my head going, wow, this is extreme, but also that 13-year-old kid in the back of my head screaming out of his <laughs> friggin' chair going, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening, and just dying of pure joy because we earned this, and by we, I mean the MCU did. I did literally nothing but pay a ticket price, but it's, <laughs> it, it was just such a... For which they thank you. Yes, you are very welcome, Disney. <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of like, it's kind of our second big one because our first big one was one during civil war when they're actually like battling each other that that wide shot when they're both running at each other Mm -hmm. i'm like that was something taken straight out of a comic book Mm -hmm. splash double splash i'm like yep that's it this is the unfold unfold oh yeah Mm -hmm. this is the double unfold splash page oh yeah you've got valkyrie on a pegasus yeah first off where did that come from i didn't see it in new asgard Mm -mm. but she's just there with it well and then as a woman, and then they have that scene where they have all the badass women superheroes come in. They're like, we got you with Captain Marvel. And then they go after it, and Captain Marvel will come back, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want, I like, my favorite part, the part that gave me goosebumps throughout the whole movie was when Cap picked up the hammer. Oh. That whole next <laughs> Three minutes of him welding the hammer was like, I don't think my smile and laughter could have gotten any like bigger. And I was Thor. just being such a like cap fan and seeing that finally happen. I was just like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this for 20 freaking movies. <laughs> and it finally happened. Well, so. and they, they hung it in front of your face. And well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's when he been... almost picks it up. And... But yeah, that, that whole like following up that line. <laughs> like it was perfect um, part of me was expecting because I, I didn't know that and I'm sure many out there didn't know that Natalie Portman was going to be in the movie so when she showed up at the red carpet premiere and I'm seeing these photos I'm like oh my god Lady Thor Lady Thor please be Lady Thor that would be so cool because in the comics Jane Foster takes over the yeah. mantle of Thor right. when Thor becomes unworthy of Mjolnir and so when I saw it being lifted I'm like Wait, how did she get here? No, wait, who's picking this up? And then I see it's Cap. I was like, wait, what? And then I had to go back and do some research. I'm like, oh, that's right. He did wield it at some point. I was like, okay. It was just, you know, the whole, like, the super bang of the 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 hammer off of the shield calling back to the first. I'm like, oh, man, this is just freaking awesome. Um, And though, yeah, even though, like, Captain Marvel came in to, like, severely beat the living daylights out of Thanos. It was fun for me to watch Cap because that was what I wanted to see in Infinity War. I wanted to see Cap just beat the living daylights out of Thanos and it just Mm -hmm. didn't happen. But then Cap gets the crap 
beaten back out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that split second moment, I've got your six. I was like, oh, uh, freak. <laughs> on your left, that quote. Uh, I love that they make a reference to that on your left. I was like, yeah. What about you, Jeff? What was your? I'm the Danvers fan, or not the, but uh, I mean, she's been my favorite for a long time. Um, oh. Which, of course, made this movie hard because she was in there for five minutes and yep. then gone and then back for five minutes. Which I kind of knew was going to happen because, you know, going back to that, that that Star Trek reference I made, you had to deal with her incredible powers somehow. You know, it's like you can't have Superman on the stage because otherwise he's going to crush everybody. You can't have a teleporter because otherwise we're just going to push three buttons and solve our problem. And or you, they didn't know how good the movie was going to go, and so they wanted to keep her out of the movie just in case the last one went horribly. Exactly. I don't know how cynical to be. logistics of, like, this was completely filmed before Captain yeah. Marvel. She walked on to Infinity War with never seeing a script. And so they basically just said, you do this, you stand here, you do this, you stand here, you do this. Who, are you, who am I talking to? No doesn't idea. matter. You don't have no idea. Yeah. We can't tell you. And so, like, yeah, <laughs> at any minute she could have been completely rem- eliminated if Captain Marvel... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could have bad. easily edited her out if they wanted to, which um, hurt my heart because, again, my favorite. But yeah, mm-hmm. Clearly the same thing with Black Panther, too. And, you know, it, it's, it just goes to show they need to do these movies in a film order, too. What? You, you don't like them the joining around? into a big league before they have their own movie? I I mean in the sense of they, 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 they shouldn't. <laughs> it's a garbage reference to the DC. You don't you don't like that? <laughs> I, I just after watching Black Panther over and over and over and over again, it's pro- arguably my favorite of the MCU movies, just because I think it's the most well done of the twenty two. Um, I think that Ch- Chitala was the least utilized in in Infinity War, and then after watching Captain Marvel, I need to see it again to get a real sense of it. But so many people loved it. That she was such a hit, and because of the fact that she was so played at the very end credit scene of Infinity War, you'd have thought she would have played bigger than just to be the Deus Ex Machina to save them from the ship. Mm-hmm. And granted, she did save the final snap as he's going to snap his hand in the final battle. She <laughs> gets, just like, she just nah. grabs his hand, gives him this look like, nah, no. <laughs> Then he punches her and she just looks oh, up I'm and sorry, smiles. that was such an awesome thing that he was just he just grabs one of the the stones and he just uses it individually. I yeah, thought that was a good touch. Yeah, I had this like moment like after like all the portals had opened and everybody started coming out and they started di- getting into the fight. And I'm just like, where the heck is Captain Marvel? That was just like everybody here but her. Even though she was here early in the movie, I'm like, this is a really odd choice. And then to have her just like out mm-hmm. of nowhere. <laughs> So you're the you're the cat fan, and the two big comic book callouts that I remember were the uh, making fun of Captain Marvel for her hair changes, which they do in the comics. I don't know every every issue, and then the bit with uh, making fun of is it Invisible Empire when they're when they're in the elevator going down, and he's trying to retrieve the stone, and he whispers "Hail Hydro" to get to mm-hmm. get the thing. It's it's a remake of the scene from Civil oh, War. Hundred percent understand it's a remake of the scene from the Civil and he's War. Just like, but he, but Cap but. Captain America saying Hail Hydra has yes, to be referencing that horrible story. Absolutely a call out to that. Oh, yeah. But it's just funny how they did it because you're building up. You're like, oh, we're going to have this cool elevator scene again. And then he just nope. leans over like, oh, man. Yeah. And, there, and, there and then some... he has a fight with himself. 
mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. You know, the people you'd expect to be the big bruisers to get their stones back tended not to be. Hulk just had a conversation. So on the cat note, I have to say I did have one thing that disappointed me in you this You wanted movie. Bucky. No. Oh, At- I was okay. just about to two. say. <laughs> two. Thank you. Two. The first one was when Cap says son of a bitch, nobody says language. language. Ah, yep. I know. Iron Man was sitting on the hospital bed in the next room. He could have leaned up and said language. They and I, it, it would have made me satisfied. But it's like language. they wasted the joke that was set up yeah. how many movies ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it probably it would have taken away from that moment because that wasn't that like the the pump up right before the. Yeah, he said, "Let's go get the son of a bitch,", bitch and then it was. They probably credits. filmed it. My it just landed on the ground. It was filmed, and yeah, it'll be in the bloopers. You'll probably see Iron Man lean up from his bed and say, "Language." What's really going to happen is Disney's going to listen to this podcast, go "Oh," and then reshoot it. Yeah, no, and re send it out. I don't have that much influence, <laughs> but yes, the other one was I. I fully wanted Bucky to take on. I, well, I was wondering. I, I had a feeling they were going to choose Falcon just because that's where the uh, more recent comics mm. headed. And they tend to lean towards where the new stuff has been. That's also why I was kind of interested why Lady Thor didn't happen and that we're still left with Thor. But he kind of gave himself an out. Mm. As guardians of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah. wait, you you were talking about what do you think of Cap Falcon or Falcap? So when they, I knew, so they had Bucky and they had Sam there, and I was like, okay, one of them's gotta, they're gonna do this whole thing, they're gonna turn around, he's gonna be there, okay. So they had Bucky turn around first, and Bucky saw him, and then they had Sam, and I was like, okay, who's gonna walk up? And then obviously, when Sam walked up, then I was like, oh, they're going with that one because I wanted Bucky too. Because I felt like, I don't know. I don't know why Bucky was in that scene for a little bit. I think it was just a taunt to everybody. Maybe. That, Misdirection. Yeah. Because well, he, uh, I mean, he was the original replacement cap yes. after Civil War. And so you, I, from a comic book aspect, you would expect it. Mm-hmm. But personally, I love I love Falcon a little bit more. I've always loved the relationship that Cap and Falcon had. So... I thought it was more of a meaningful gesture to have them together. Because we, we don't know what happened in all those years between Winter Soldier and Civil War. We didn't get mm. to see that. All we get to see is Cap's obsession with Bucky because it's more of, hey, I got to save this this dude in distress that is my be- best friend from the war who I lost. That That's more of like a, hey, I need to redeem myself mm. from letting my friend die. Whereas with with... Falcon, um, it was just, at least to me, it felt like it was, this is what a real friend was. He, he, he was really there the whole way through and he supported me through this endeavor that had next to nothing to do with him other than his loyalty to Cap. Yeah. At the end of the day, you couldn't go wrong with either choice. Well, and Bucky's, but they made a good choice. I felt, felt like all the times they cut to Bucky, he's actively participating in this decision and agreeing with it and pushing for it because he keeps nodding and smiling and agreeing with everything that the captain's saying. Although it does seem to me to cut off the opportunity for a Falcon movie, which would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting a Falcon series. Oh, that is right. Over on Disney Plus, I keep forgetting and everything a that's Winter happening Soldier over series. there. And, and a Winter Loki Soldier series, series. and a Loki series, and a Scarlet Witch series. Those are the four that are confirmed right now. 
Yeah. But they're going to be all the original actors, which makes me even more happy. Are you no, okay? I know. I, I know. I hear, I hear sounds coming from... I just said that Loki is going to have a set series. I heard Loki. Yeah, Tom said Hiddleston was the one. You don't know how much I care about Tom Hiddleston. She's going to... Are you a, a, a big Tom fan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> if only you'd had more screen time. I know. I was like, oh my God, there he is, because they showed him lounging, and I... I Kept hitting my boyfriend. I was like, oh, there he is, there he is. And then he went away. And then they showed him getting all caught up. And then I was like, oh. then when he grabs the cube. But we now have a change to the universe. We have a change to the timeline. Because that There's didn't several. happen. Well, that's the biggest one to me. Is because when at the end of Avengers, Thor took Loki back and had the cube. So they changed it and the Tesseract and Loki disappeared. Thor never took Loki back. No, but see, the, then they went back in time further before that. In the middle of the movie, they're like, oh, hey, guess what? The Tesseract's gone because Loki stole it. We're going to go back further in time when both the Tesseract and the Pym Particle in the same place at the same time. So they go back to the 70s in order to do that. They actually jump backwards in that timeline, I think. So, And, and they change that, don't they? I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think we get to say in that timeline at any point because we get that whole explanation of every timeline forming off, which then how, how did Cap take the long way around? Because we just got this whole explanation of it. it's this bifurcating. Anytime you get involved with time travel, you're going to break your own rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then like the whole um, Gamora, like that's where I, I forgot about that, that whole thing where they explained that because I was like, oh, well, Gamora – they took her before she got Guardians of the Galaxy, so maybe she didn't die, so Thanos didn't act. And I was like, oh, no, they started a new timeline or whatever they were trying to explain, that Back to the Future is not real, <laughs> basically. Yeah, so it's interesting if got, if, to see if they're going to address the the different realities that they Well, you've got poor Peter Parker, who's now five years behind in half of his uh, school. <laughs> But his friend's still the same. His well, no. Fr- all, all the friends are now. Well, the, the friends age. are the same age. Which tells you all of his friends got snapped too, or they're just going to ignore everything that happened in this movie. <laughs> Half of the friends Sony got snapped. Sony will do that. I guarantee. Yeah. Sony's just arrogant enough to do that. They're like, hey, we got the Spider Man IP, so we're just going to screw it up for you guys. <laughs> Thanks for the money. I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope they had a little bit more influence than that. Okay. At least we get Sam Jackson and Colby are both in that movie as well. So there's a little continuity. I don't know for how long, but yeah. <laughs> who's the guy who's playing Mysterio again on that? Uh, Why am I drawing a blank? Not Spider-Man. It's uh, Toby McGuire. It's not Toby McGuire. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake oh, Gyllenhaal. the guy that looks oh. like Toby McGuire. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. It's just like <laughs> not not Spider-Man. Yeah. This reference is taking full clearance over this mountain. <laughs> that is my dome right it now. It was the one that everybody wanted to play Spider-Man because he looked so much like Toby. Oh, Toby yeah. They wanted him to take the mantle instead of Andrew Garfield when <laughs> they started doing the other one. But mm-hmm. yeah. All they see is Donnie Darko. That's all it is. And that's just not right. Yes. I'm sure that's what most of the movie watching audience saw was Donnie Darko. <laughs> Anything else on Endgame that you want to bring out? Talk about Paul Rudd is a national treasure <laughs> and he made the end of the first act and the second act Absolutely spectacular. Yeah. That's America's ass. God damn it. Probably. And then when Cap goes, that is America's ass. 
Uh, he's just such. He's such. He's so good as he's so good that he's underrated because that moment where he's and we might have lingered a little too much on his backstory in Endgame where he gets out of the van and he's searching around in the present and he's wondering what's happening, what's happening. That could have been condensed a few more minutes and we still would have had the same effect. And to have to have that moment though with his daughter mm, mm-hmm. was great. Because if you if you've watched both of the Ant Man movies, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, the relationship that he and his daughter, who the actress's name completely leaves my mind, but we've well, got the, two to remember now. I know, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I'm gonna have to do a whole lot of homework that no one's gonna hear about. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> we'll get we'll get messages at 12:30 this morning. Hey guys, I found it. <laughs> but it it just paid off so well. Because he has that kind of intelligence as an actor to say, I need to demonstrate this this beautiful moment with my daughter, but also to just play this hilarious moment, like when he's changing between ages rapidly <laughs> while time traveling. Someone peed in my pants. It might have been baby me or old me or maybe me. me. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing I'd add is I still want Shuri to be uh, Ironheart. I think she'd do great as it. I'm not really hoping for Riri Williams, though. I mean, they they setting it up for Shuri to do it, but Shuri's supposed she to take on man- Mantle of Black Panther eventually. Mm-hmm. She's the future Black. So, I, I I didn't stick around for the end credits, so because I knew that there was nothing. But it was apparently just, a hammer sound. It was the sound of um, the hammer from when he was building the first, the first Iron, Iron Man. Man. And a lot of people are saying, well, what if it's Riri Williams taking his old Iron Man suit and building her own, which she does in the comics, mm. which would be. It could be a multiple, multiple facet. You know, we. So before we move on from this and we've talked good on this, we didn't even talk about Professor Hulk. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was Hulk. thinking about it, but I was. It was slightly odd, but good. <laughs> like. His, the whole, Nobody else could have done it except him. Can you imagine Edward Norton as that? <sighs> don't, I, don't I can. I, no? I, I, don't, I just rewatched that. The, t- the time machine, like going back to like when Paul's going in and out, and he's like, and Hulk's just in there. Look, time. <laughs> I just invented a time machine. It worked. And they're all just like completely dismissing him, even though he like literally just did something quite impossible. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it, it's like this this perfect marriage between Hulk's kind of naive mental brain. I mean, if you think about it, he's just an angry baby that's, you know, eight and a half feet tall and 700 pounds. And then as the movies go on, then he's starting to speak mm-hmm. in broken sentences and then full sentences and whatnot. Now that he's merged with Banner, you've got Banner's intelligence and Hulk's strength, but their like personality. adolescent Hulk, yeah, essentially, kind of like the whole selfie scene at the diner. That, well, that well, scene and then went when on they go long, back really long, oh, too <laughs> long. Like, well, and then when they go back in time and he's got to tear his shirt off and he's got to dist- and he's just like, eh. <laughs> so I we get guess. a bunch of teenage heroes running around now with Groot and Hulk and all the replacements for Iron Man and I hate hmm. teenage Groot. I hate teenage Groot. I was a big baby Groot fan. <laughs> baby Groot's better. It is. But teenage Groot can actually do stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> teenage Groot gave us uh, Stormbreaker. 
Yes, I know. He will always live on. <laughs> All right. Did you talk about wait? We're just going to ignore that. <laughs> like the ceiling just fall in? Yeah, we're just going to pretend it was a sound that was naturally made. An act of swatting next door. <laughs> Did you talk about your favorite part? What favorite part? What was your favorite part? My favorite part was Loki. Loki. <laughs> um, for Tom or for Loki? Both. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love the extra little jokes that they threw in uh, that like – on the continued scene from like uh, what was the first one that he was talking about something about like how good you guys are as a team or something like that when they were just standing around waiting for the elevator um, of course nobody else is going to remember this one but it was like they, they literally after he, Hulk had smashed him on the ground and they picked him up off the ground mm-hmm. Loki just started like a couple wise crack jokes but it's like they picked right up perfectly off of like where they would have fit comedic wise in that with the Loki that was in that movie at that time period. I was like, it was perfect. Yeah. Let's, let's not stand around posing for no reason here. We got to get this guy out of here or something like that. (laughs) Very Tony response. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you think it three hours is what it should have been? It was too long. I wondered if there should have been any edits. Should have there been edits? Of course, there should always be edits. I mean, it didn't feel like three hours long, though. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like three hours to me. My biggest question is like, what's next? And that's kind of like, I think that's the major thing over the whole Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we know it's continuing, but how is it continuing? Who's going? We've got Spider Man is the. Next movie. Right. And that's supposed to be the closure of nothing else is confirmed. We don't know a single movie that's confirmed with a date Mm -hmm. after Spider-Man. Well, they're teasing it. Probably a Valkyrie film. There's a lot of probabilities, but let's see. By the time Avengers 1 came out, I think they had listed almost every single one that was going to be in phase two, which also included like. Uh, the TV show, what became the TV show, The Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Um, we have nothing. There's nothing out there except for like, yeah, there's going to be something. You know, you expect that there should be a Black Panther 2. There mm-hmm. should be a Doctor Strange 2. There's going to be a Captain Marvel 2. Since you've got people on but, contract to make a movie, but nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's smart, at least business-wise. It, it it leaves you wanting more, but it allows you to focus on Infinity War. And that was their their big thing. I think I'm trying to remember they they talked about the marketing for this uh, a little over a year ago for Infinity War itself. Um, that you, you get to focus on on Endgame itself. They don't want to be distracted from any other movies that are potentially coming up. So all you get is, hey, let's let this marinade. This is the end of the story for the original six, the six heroes that started it all. And then once that settles and Disney gets through Star Wars and whatever yeah. other well, stuff it's going to do. Star Wars right now because they don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm just praying J.J. Abrams can quiet the fanboys that have lit the flames of passion. Oh, I, I just, <laughs> I guess I just feel it is an odd feeling that after 10 years, like, 
I can't look at the calendar and say, right. oh, I have like three months or I have six months until this movie comes out. I know it's about this character. I can roughly start guessing what the story is going to be about and start like, where is the next thread going to go? There's like nothing. There's nothing that we can guess on to say, oh, we know that the next one's going to be Black Panther. We know that the next one's going to be Doctor Strange. It could be a completely different character we don't know about yet. Because now we have the whole freaking X-Men universe is now part of the universe. So mm-hmm. they have a big, wide-open palette that they never had before. I'm hoping the Fantastic Four pops up, uh, personally. <laughs> they have the 16th times the charm? Yeah. I think in the again? right hands. In the right hands. And I think the MCU has proved that they are the right hands for their property. They, they proved it with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That yeah, even Sony couldn't make a good Spider-Man until it came back to Marvel. And then it was able to be. But you got to figure right now, Disney's probably looking at taking that team, probably splitting it up a little bit to get other groups trained up on doing that so that their other properties start learning whatever the MCU people have done. Okay. From a business point of view, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's Kevin Feige. That's, a, that's essentially all it is. You, you take this giant Clone middle-aged <laughs> nerd that is Kevin Feige who's been building this whole thing for the better part of 20 years – and having him be the focal point of it all from Iron Man through Avengers Endgame, you have this one person who says, this is how we're going to do it. The buck stops here. That is how you have that control. That's how you avoid situations, you know, talking to your point about Disney saying, how do we get this to work as successfully? That's how you get resolutions like the original three episodes of Star Wars. Yeah. They were all through George Lucas. Now we've got a creative issue with Star Wars because we had a bunch of directors doing slap fights. Exactly, with each just other. be like, "No, yeah. this is my lord. No, this is mine." So maybe they just got to be able to say, "We have to find one person who says this is it. This is how it's going to work." The end of the story. So from a story point of view, Disney has that. I think it's, it's Chris Evans. You think so? That I thought he was doing Broadway, <laughs> which I would pay to see. Honestly, I oh yeah. I see America's ass on stage. Why not? Of course. <laughs> You're not going to be able to get as close as you can in the theater. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Just to be in the same room. <laughs> yes. Where it happens. So yeah, I, oh I mean, gosh. so really, Stop. boo. <laughs> going mute Saturday. his mic for five minutes. Going to excellent. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's just an interesting aspect to me of, like, all of this. It's, like, 10 years leading up to, like, okie dokie, now what do we do? <laughs> so does the last, um, non-Stanley, not, last non-CGI Stanley cameo add any to that finality for you? Since if they're going to do him anymore, they're going to have to CGI this guy. Apparently he already had pre-recorded even more of them in a green screen room. <laughs> And that's not even a that that's a reality. He literally so, said, "I so want." So they to lock more. this aging guy up in a green room and say, "Just do stuff, and we'll film it, and we'll, <laughs> well see what we do." I mean, they stole his blood and made him do stuff there. So <laughs> the blood with the signatures. I have and then no idea what you're them? talking about. Oh yeah, he, that elderly abuse. That was the whole like last thing in the last six months of Stanley's life was wow. elderly abuse. I had heard about the elderly abuse. I didn't know to the yeah. extent of which they, he was suffering. He drew blo- his blood and mixed it in with ink and then signed a whole bunch of stuff with it on, I believe it was comic book covers, and then they sold those That's as special. Up. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, it was like 
that's something for you to read if you want to uh, dig into oh, that. There's some mess up. Dive into that. Um, the Stanley cameo there didn't do anything for me in Endgame mm-hmm. as much no, as the Captain Marvel one did. Yeah. When he was sitting reading Kevin Smith's uh, Clerks or not Clerks, <laughs> Mall, uh, rats. Mall Rats. I mean, uh, that was like that was just a '90s like, whoa, this is funky. This one was just like, well, there goes hippie Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Like it's all dipped. It's, he's in the complete. He's just still with no bobblehead. No bobblehead. Mm. Well, they did something with uh, the Funko Pops for Infinity War, where they had a series of all the heroes is just gold too. It's sort of like a mm-hmm. thing they're doing for some reason. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Or maybe it's just a hint that Disney is him frozen down in the basement with Walt now. Oh, <laughs> just his head though. Yeah, just his head. Very Futurama. Them and Ted Williams. Yes, front row. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I I liked Endgame. I thought it was cool. Are you sad? Uh, you seem sad. Am I sad? <laughs> the way sad, you said that. Am I sad? Am I sad? The the one time I, I like, I said, you know, I, I, I cried during the movie, but the one time that actually felt like a tear was the Iron Man scene. At Stop. The end. Like, oh, when Strange just, Holds up the Hold one. Up the one. one. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> and I'm just like, oh crap! Here comes the waterworks. And mm-hmm. you look at Tony. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Oh, and that last, I, I am, am Iron Man. It's just like, the oh, callback oh, that's to it. the first. But the fact that like they played it, that Tony understood everything. He understood what Strange meant. That he's the answer to everything. That he was the the one in the million chance, or one in fourteen million and million five in five. And that he was prepared to do what needed to be done and was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. My my girlfriend after the movie just uh, – she she made a point of being like unsung hero and actual hero of the whole movie is Doctor Strange. He saw the whole thing, <laughs> thing happening. didn't, didn't say – well, not even that. He, he saw the whole thing and he knew what he had to do to get Tony where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. He sacrificed himself – and the universe, unfortunately, in order to get the universe to be saved. What did um, what did she say to Hulk about Strange after he said that he gave Thanos Thanos the uh, the stone? Said thank he's gave, the best of all of us. Yeah, you know he was he was the best of all. No, it was something he was he was supposed to be the greatest of all. Yeah. There was something, something to that. He's supposed to leave. I mean, he's but the he was actually the best of like everybody. Like yeah. he saw everything that needed to be saw and made the best choice for the survival of everyone. Mm-hmm. I just, I love the consistency of that too, to, to go back to having the ancient one there um, <laughs> is because you hear so many people going, wait, wait, if Dr. Strange is in New York, where was he during the battle of New York? And it was just like, okay, fine. He was doing surgery up the block. There you go. Loophole closed. The end. Here's the ancient one. <laughs> She's defending the sanctum as is per her job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they closed a, a whole bunch of nice loopholes while creating a small bunch of them. Like mm-hmm. if Captain America goes back in time and doesn't leave that time, like what you said before, isn't he creating a new branch in time? So how do you show up in the original timeline? Again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how how's he there? In the world of MST3K, it's just a show, so just relax. 
No, this is reality. I have to have answers. I care about this. <laughs> <laughs> this matters. Nothing else does. But should you? And yes, you should. And comics have comics have been a part of my life since I think the first one I read was probably about eight or nine years old. And I wasn't into a lot of Marvel and I jumped into the image comics as soon as they came out because I was more for the art side. And so I got involved with them and then I started looking at what those characters did previously. And that's how I got more into like the deep Marvel stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just like to finally see something like from that's embedded that far into your childhood, take a big 10 year chunk, you know, my youngest child is 12. She was two. Yeah. When this all started. And they have now watched every single film mm-hmm. in the whole universe except for Captain Marvel. No, wait. I took them to Captain Marvel. So, yes, they have watched every <laughs> single. I then I kind of like see them by myself and then they right. go with me afterwards. But this was the first one that we were able to get everybody on the same schedule. And we're like, okay, we're all going opening night and seeing it. And it was just a cool payoff to like. I have a near 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and even my wife is sitting here next to me, and we're watching a superhero film that we've invested all this time in with all these movies, and, you know, yeah. It seemed like your wife loved it. She did. She cried. She cried more than I did. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I bring my wife sometimes, to know when I'm supposed to be crying. <laughs> I thought it was to cover up your crying. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, and it's a, to your point, it's a testament to how these, how well these movies were made. They, they, they could have just done, you know, the DC route or the early two thousands Marvel route, which is, oh, look at these superheroes and their comic books. And so we have to clearly make them comic book movies, you know, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> what did the Marvel universe do right that the DC universe has failed at? Patience. Yep. 100% agree. Literally just that word. Yeah. They they put a they put a little earworm in into your head with Iron Man. First off, they did a great job with Iron Man. Well, and they didn't go big either. They didn't use their marquee character right off the bat. They, you know, floated to t- trial balloon. I mean, sure Iron Man's huge now, but but yeah. He was a B-list at best um at the time. You know, he, mm-hmm. sure, he helped to found the Avengers, but he wasn't as popular at the time that the movie came out as other characters like Spider-Man, Captain America. You know, you throw him out there because you need a more grounded reality of the world, slowly build the, stretch the, ex, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The suspension of disbelief. And then once we get, oh, hey, look, there's space and there's monsters in Avengers now we can open it up to Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. That was their true chat, true test right there. If we can sell Guardians of the Galaxy, cosmic, yeah. yeah, we can sell anything. And they were what C characters in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and, and they're now yeah. they're beloved. Yes, random throw off group that showed up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think patience and another other one planning and foresaw, forethought. Mm-hmm. So you talk about Kevin Feige. You talk about that the patience planning and DC universe has tried that a couple times and it seems like they haven't found that one person. I was hoping that when they went to Jeff Johns, 
who is like a big part of DC Comics in general, that they might have found him, but that just fell off the table. And I don't know. It's like I wanted DC Universe to actually be successful and mm-hmm. have something out there, but it's been. I feel like their most successful film was Wonder Woman. That is. It, it was in many ways. Um, maybe not financially in comparison no. to like Justice League or whatnot, but. But story wise. And just like the whole, I mean, the whole film of it, I thought was just the best. It was filmed the best. It was handled the best. Yeah. I mean, my biggest issue with the DC universe has been the whole, like, let's just throw everybody into the gang and we'll (laughs) deal with it. And then we'll give them a really big villain to fight and have fun with it. It's like, well, Well, what I've liked about the MC universe is to get to know a character and explore them and not necessarily an origin story, but you know, we've had a couple solo films on people and mm-hmm. you know, the fact that wonder woman's came out after justice league just kind of felt mm-hmm. weird to me. Mm-hmm. And you had that huge gap between man of steel and justice league. Where it's like, okay, you guys just kind of jumped on the train and fell right off the caboose. He's like, we got this buddy train and tracks. Face plan. Good to go. They didn't fall as hard as the Universal folks, though, when they tried to launch their Munster oh, universe. That lasted the one. Dooku. Not even one film. I think it was done by the time it hit about halfway. Yeah. That's the monster. The, was that the mummy? So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the dark universe, cinematic universe. And now they're going to try and do the dark superheroes with, uh, what's that new movie? It's- Shazam. No, it's not Shazam. It's dark superheroes, and it's Superman. Ooh, ooh, br- uh, Brightburn. Brightburn. Oh yeah, that's um, James Gunn's film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I am too. Evil Superman. Evil <laughs> super little evil Superman. Not even full grown. Yeah. Teenagers. <laughs> He's not even a teenager. He's like. Yeah. I have not actually 10. seen anything about any of this. So. Like yeah, just just look up Brightburn. I believe that's what it's called. It's Brightburn. Yeah. Brightburn. Yeah. And. Uh, it's very it's like much what like, if situation. Yeah. 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 Like it, it would be how do you expect a modern day kid to react to having powers that are different and everyone calling them a freak for it instead mm-hmm. of overcoming. It's like, oh, I succumb to this power that I have. I become super depressed and oh. Psychotic. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of. Then you build a red lightsaber and kill people. <laughs> Listen, Anakin Skywalker, we don't need episodes one and three here. So who who saw Shazam? I did. That's it? I came for the Marvel. (laughs) His name was Captain Marvel. Was being the key word. Yes. He sold that right back to the original owners. He didn't hold it for long. No. Um, Okay, so sticking with Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that eye roll. Jeez. It is a superhero roundtable, but <laughs> oof. No, so good. Um, what has been your favorite Marvel film over oh. the course of okay, this I, journey? I need a little bit of clarification. Do you mean Just Marvel films? Cinematic Universe? Of this journey, this 10-year journey. No. Okay. Because that changes my answer. Okay, we'll come okay. back to that one. <laughs> no, it, it's really straightforward. If you were to ask me favorite Marvel film, I'd have to go with the most recent Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think that's probably the best okay. comic book ever, Fair. movie ever. Um, if we restrict ourselves to the MCU, again, I'm fairly partisan, but I have to go with uh, Carol Danvers' movie, the Captain Marvel. 
I don't think it's necessarily the best made out of all of them, but it was my favorite. And it had me crying and cheering more than any of the others. And some of that was seeing my superhero on screen. And some of that was sitting next to my daughter watching that superhero on mm. screen. Um, was amazing. Yeah. I like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 2. That's the only one that I've really watched. It's just fun. I don't think it's one of the best ones, but it's one of those that I've watched multiple times. It's probably because Baby Groot. I'm very partial to him. Shush. He's adorable. I was expecting Thor with Loki, but... I am Groot. I mean, he's... But he's not the main part of that film. When Loki becomes the main focus, that'll probably be my favorite. (laughs) But for right now, he's not the main focus of Thor. It's Thor. And I, I don't like Thor that much. He's okay. Yeah, he's got like, some great I comedic like, timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like where Thor has come from, though. Yeah. You know, from that original, like, goofy, like, medieval-esque Thor. Bring me my hammer. With, you know, Kenneth Brenna's take on him, all the way up to, like, the, you know, I'm a, I'm a fallen god man now. I just want to live and have fun. Broken kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think Thor's been a, a really good character to watch, even if you might not like him. I, I mean, I've he's... gotten used to him. It's probably because of the Loki thing. I just don't like Thor because I like Loki too much. And there's honestly, I don't think there's another actor I could think who would be able to play him. I can't like pick out he, one that would say like... He did a good job. Maybe his brother? It's who it's supposed he, to be. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine that I Thanksgiving know, dinner? Man, I've seen Liam. I got stuff, the role. And I, don't, and he didn't. I just don't see Liam in that role. Apparently, neither did uh, Marvel. Neither did Marvel. Yeah. Um, for me, it's kind of a toss-up between Winter Soldier and Civil War. Um, I mean, I can go with either one of them on any day. Civil War for me is probably of any superhero movie that's been out there is probably my favorite just because of how tight the movie is. The action just keeps moving. The story keeps moving. And it's just good. But in terms of like first initial reaction, would have to go with Winter Soldier. I mean, I thought it was just a solid movie inside and out. Felt like a spy movie at times. But it took you like, you got Captain America in your movie and you, barely use him as Captain America. Mm -hmm. You show the side of Captain America that is the strategy, the let's figure this shit out, let's get to the bottom of it, spy type thing that I was like, that's the cap I love. Like, he is the smartest guy on the battlefield at any time. Mm -hmm. And this is why he leads this team all through this whole thing. And that, like that, uh, I'm going to screw up the word, dichotomy Mm -hmm. between... Iron Man and Captain America, like how much they, as much as at heads they were throughout this whole thing, to finally see them reunited during Endgame, to move Mm -hmm. past that and that handshake after he got out of the car and said, let's get over this. Let's move forward. Let's save everything. I'm just like, ah, that's just And he only brings him something. (laughs) Brings him the shield. I didn't bring anything for anybody else, so keep this on the down low. Um. But Cap is like, I don't know, he's just been my favorite character from the beginning. I just, I've loved watching him. Iron Man has been amazing. I mean, I think 
I don't think there's anybody else that can step in either of those roles and pull them off the way these two actors did. And I think like Kevin Feige and everybody that was else realized that from the beginning, they're like, these are the guys that are going to carry this all the way to the end. Yeah. And they just put all their marbles on them and they did it. Yeah. And, and I'm going to agree with you to, to me in terms of my favorite arc of movies, definitely the Captain America ones are the ones that I can watch all in a row because they are the best made in terms of a story arc for a character. Absolutely. Iron Man is great, but they, some mm-hmm. of them just have some hits and misses. There's not a single Captain America movie I couldn't watch. Even the first Avenger was a little little hokey, but I loved that. I loved that about it. Um, so to, to your point earlier about Winter Soldier, you stole one of my two toss-ups, which is Winter Soldier and Black Panther. But honestly, if I had to choose between the two, I'd have to choose the one that I – that could be 100% a standalone movie without leaning on the work of another film or another actor's previous you know, roles or anything like that, and that would be Black Panther. Mm-hmm. That is 100% the only movie, in my opinion, that is a standalone MCU movie from start to finish. Yeah. You – even the references they make to Civil War about uh, T'Chaka mm-hmm. and what happened at the, at the UN – can just be, oh, it's a flashback that we see there was an explosion. That's how his dad died. Cool. Don't need to know. We just need to know that his father died. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no there's no reference to any other characters other than um, the, the American CIA operative whose name escapes me for some reason. Um, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo ba- <laughs> let's go with Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> but it, it's, it's also unabashedly abashedly honest about what it is it knows that it's it's a ridiculous premise but it treats it with such utter respect from the moment it starts with baba tell me a story to that that line that um um uh, oh gosh what's his name michael michael b jordan delivers which is just bury me the ocean with my ancestors because at least they knew that death was better than bondage I, 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 that, that, that from start to that moment is just such a brilliant and fantastic film, despite some of the CG in the, in the final battle, it, it cannot be beaten in my mind as the best in the MCU, or at least as my favorite. Word. Favorite character. Captain America. Captain Marvel. Loki. <laughs> well, I'm going to pick an Avenger. Doesn't Wait, no, you don't Avenger. have to do that. That wasn't a stipulation. I for character. Yeah. Loki. Probably. Own it. Huh? Why? So why? Mm. So since I didn't even say mine out loud and made Ron say it for me, with Captain Marvel, again, it's her independence and strength. Um, her willingness to take advice from her mentors, her willingness to grow, own up to her own mistakes, um, be powerful without being domineering over people, I think are all qualities that I really like in her as a character. And uh, some of that made it into the movie, which made me happy. You're right. Those comic books are spectacular. I read the whole Kelly Sue DeConnick series. Whew. 
Yeah. I'll let Colin do his Captain America first since I overlapped him in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I talk enough as it is. I, I just, I, I like him in the MCU because he's the most complete character arc, in my opinion, next to Tony. And I just couldn't resonate as much with Tony. And that's why I liked, I liked everything with Captain America. I certainly think your claim that as a as a sequence of movies, the Captain sequence is far and away the best sequence out of all of them. Mm-hmm. For me, Cap has been not only his leadership but his perseverance. That whole mentality of like when you're down, you get the fuck back up, mm-hmm. and it's just over and over and over and over. And then with grand finality and Endgame, it's just that. Knocked down, shield broken, I'm still getting back up, and we're finishing this thing. And it's just like, how do I apply that to my own life? Yeah. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the, the the moment at the end where he's got the shield broken, he gets back up, do you think it was a missed opportunity for him to say, I could do this all day? Or do you think it would have been a cheesy line since they already threw I, it as I a joke? I bet that was recorded, and it's going to come out with the uh, language blooper reel. <laughs> Okay. I could do this all day. I know. <laughs> I have to say why I like Loki. Um, it's how he fits in the suit. Besides Tom. Well, that's not fair. No, that's <laughs> no, not fair. No, I've always, I've always kind of, I mean, I literally like Tom Hiddleston because of Loki. I got started because of Loki. I just, his sense of humor. It's the same reason why I kind of like Guardian why I like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just that sense of humor, the lightness of it all. I feel like with the Iron Man, it's very, like Iron Man and Captain, they're just like very serious at some points. I like Iron Man. He's very funny, but sometimes his humor is a little dark and a little too mean sometimes. And Cap's just, he's too, he's too much for me. (laughs) He's too much. He's just like too superhero. He's not my type of guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, Loki is like, he's good sometimes and he's bad sometimes and he's a good mix. And he's got the best lines in the first Avengers film. I think. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Well, I think it's been a good first round table. Hopefully we can do this again and talk about the, what's next in the Mar- in. Not only the Marvel world, but what's next in the superhero world, since there is a lot of superhero stuff to talk about. A lot of uh, shows popping up. Uh, Amazon Prime has The Boys coming out, which is a little bit darker. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. Um, we have little things like, you know, The Tick was just on Amazon Prime season two already. Um, a little bit weirder, quirkier. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick Warburton? Whole... I... No, he's not in this one. I know he's not. But and just that voice it just burned into my head for the oh. tick. He he's one of my favorite voices out there. Oh yeah. Um and it was mainly because he was Kronk in Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mention this before, Colin is a whiz on doing voices, so they, they made me sign an affidavit that I would not do any more than three in this recording. <laughs> I think that was two. <laughs> what was the first one? I honestly didn't keep track. I think oh. I totally broke that. Sign. It was something that just kind of slipped in there. Um, but yeah, till next time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.
Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.